um, with the Holy Father's announcement of last Monday, his resignation, I know uh, folks are wondering what's going on. Uh, I think there's a little concern. Uh, you know, is, is everything as it appears to be? And, uh, well, to tell you the truth, I, I, I don't know. But I believe the Holy Father in everything he says, he's telling the truth. I, I think the poor man's worn out, certainly not healthy. Just in the last few weeks, he's been looking uh, very drawn and uh, very frail. And so Monday, he did a very humble and brave thing. I believe that Benedict looks back over the time of John Paul's papacy and uh, certainly the end years of that. And, and watched a Holy Father, uh, very frail, who was a very wonderful example to all of us of how to, you know, to, to come to the end of one's life. But at the same time, John Paul was not attentive to some of the, well, shall we say, rotten things happening in our church. The scandals that happen here in the United States and, and now we're finding are, are, are being uncovered in other places as well. John Paul just couldn't do what he needed to do and, and you know, so we we still find ourselves in a very, um, well, tender, frail place as a church. And so I believe Benedict uh, coming to find himself in that same place doesn't want the church to be hurt anymore. And so finds it necessary to withdraw from public life, uh, to retire from uh, being pope, and uh, to allow a, a younger, more uh, bold the face of the church, uh, someone who can handle the important business of leading us spiritually and leading the world. And so in all humility, he has uh, decided to do something that hasn't been done since 1415. Imagine that. And perhaps he, he sets the pace now for, for others who follow to be able, when they find themselves in a place of not being able to do the good work that they're called to do, uh, to step aside and allow others, someone else uh, who, who has strength and, and uh, uh, strength of spirit and, and everything else that they need to, to be uh, the face and the presence of Christ in the world. So I, I believe that we should look at this as a very wonderful time of hope. And uh, as someone who, is, uh, who loves history, you know, pay attention to, to what's happening now over these next few weeks. Uh, a very important time in our church's history, in the world's history. Uh, for some of us, perhaps the, the last pope that will uh, uh, be in our lifetime, especially if they elect a very young one. Uh, let's look at this as a time of grace. And, and again, a time of, of having someone as a pope who can be uh, uh, bold and, and be a, a, a wonderful, a beautiful voice uh, for the church and, and for the Lord in the world. So. Let's keep all of that in our prayer. Uh, keep uh, Pope Benedict as he, uh, you know, uh, goes here in the next few uh, weeks into a, a time of uh, probably a, a desert time for him in his life. Now, I think we, um, I don't think, I know that we all like quick fixes. And that's what this, you know, when we watch TV and, and you know, I do that in the evening if I'm not too busy. You know, that's what the, the endless stream of infomercials is all about on our TV these days. I'm, I'm often amazed at how each product is advertised as the one thing 
that will change your life. Now think about that for a minute. You buy a particular product, and it's going to change your life. Well, intellectually, I hope. You know, we, we know that the best things don't come that easily. That the most worthwhile things require of us hard work and perseverance. And we have to give it our best in, in order for it to make a difference in our lives. And so deep down we know that our health or our weight problems, uh, you know, those can't be solved by a pill, but rather they require a, a strict diet and some exercise, uh, perhaps avoidance of tobacco and a moderate consumption of alcohol, etc., etc. We all know that to advance in the workplace, it takes more than just being friendly with the boss. It takes a work ethic, being responsible, being trustworthy, you know, going the extra mile if necessary. Most of you know here that uh, to have a long-lasting marriage takes more than buying a pretty card on a birthday or bringing a gift home. You know, it takes true love. It takes patience and caring and understanding day in and day out, every moment of your lives together. And the one area of our lives in which many of us seem to give less than our best is, well, it's our faith life. And you know it. I know it. Personally, you know, it's, there's so many distractions. It's hard to, to pray every day, as we're called to do. It's, it's hard to focus on the spiritual things of life, our, our relationship with God. And I believe that nowhere is that more evident than our, that in our relationship with sacred scripture. And I use the word relationship here because in faith we believe that that the reading and the praying and the studying of Scripture is an encounter with God. That's right. You know, every time we pick up that book and we read sacred words, it is an encounter with God. Now, we might not notice that particularly. And yet we, we, we seem to want a quick fix in this area as well. You know, we seem to be okay with just knowing a, a few things, a few lines, a, a few stories. You know, the attitude is, well, just let somebody else tell me what's in there. Love God. Love your neighbor. You know, what else do I need to know? And in one sense, you're right about that. Much in our sacred scripture can be summed up in two short statements. Love God, love our neighbor. That's supposedly, in some people's minds, all you need to know. But the reason that we read and we pray and we study scripture is, it's, it's not so that we know stuff. It's so that we can have an experience. An experience of the divine. A God moment, if you will, 
You know, the folks here in our parish who have been going deeper into Scripture through the wow experience know what I'm talking about. Their lives have been changed. You know, and Scripture is not supposed to be used to prove things that we already believe. It is meant to transform us. You know, we can always find things in there that the support just about any position that we might have personally. And I think it's very interesting that Jesus plays that game with the devil in today's gospel. Jesus quotes a few things to the devil. You know, he, he throws one out there. It's like dueling scriptures. But the difference, of course, is that for Jesus, sacred scripture is very much a part of who he is. Scripture is Jesus' mind. Scripture is Jesus' heart. It's, it's his very being. It's everything that he is about. The words of sacred scripture, their, their breadth, their wonder, their complexities, their seeming contradictions, are more than just words that Jesus knows by heart. They are the means through which God is revealing himself to his people, to, to us. And it is a revelation that reaches perfection in Jesus. The Word made flesh. The Word. And everything in the Bible is the Word. Everything in the Bible is this is this Jesus made flesh. Everything points to him. My friends, if, if we remain okay with the, the lack of time we spend reading and praying or studying scripture, we can be pretty sure that it won't, it will not make much of any difference in our lives. If we are so sure that we understand fully what is meant by an eye for an eye, or blessed are the poor, or turn the other cheek, or do not judge, or if your eye is your problem, cut it out, then we most likely will have an impoverished and distorted view of Scripture, and consequently, of God. And there's no magic bullet here. The only way that we can truly experience and encounter God's word in its fullness is by experiencing scripture in its fullness, in its totality, frequently and diligently and seriously and faithfully. How many of your Protestant friends tell you that you don't know scripture and that they know it all? And they live their lives by it. And I'm not saying anything pejorative or negative here towards our Protestant brothers and sisters. It is wonderful that they know the scriptures and that they spend time frequently studying. We're supposed to do that too. But in our church, it always seems to be that we think Father is going to tell us all about it. And certainly the church's authority is the guidance for our study of scripture. 
but we have to do it for ourselves. If we only read one gospel because it's our favorite, we're missing out on three other very beautiful, very different portraits of Jesus. Three sides of a, a four-sided diamond, if you will. If we only read the New Testament because it seems easier, then we're missing out on 3,000 years of salvation history. If we only read those stories but we never read the Psalms or wisdom literature, we're, we're missing out on so much, so many opportunities for God to dwell in our hearts and in our minds. When scripture seeps into our very being as it did with Jesus, then we will have the strength and the courage and the wisdom to, to withstand the many temptations of the world. The temptations that are always going to be there. My friends, God deserves our first fruits as expressed by Moses in our first reading today. He deserves our best, our all, not, not what is left over, and not just once. A few weeks ago, I talked to our school families about the importance of coming to Mass. The next weekend, the place was jam-packed, standing room only. See lots of empty seats around here today. Not just once. God deserves our all, all of the time. He deserves it. We need to give it to him every day, not for God's benefit, but so that we can be the people God wants us to be. And this Lent, it's the perfect opportunity to recommit ourselves to, to giving God our all, our best, our hearts, our minds, our souls, our bodies, and especially in God's gift of sacred scripture. You know, may we never treat it lightly or dismiss it. May we never use it as a weapon to support our own agenda. May we never presume that we know enough or have read enough or have prayed enough with sacred scripture. And may we come to truly experience our living God and the beauty and the challenge of his word. God deserves our all. And I think we're all used to hearing athletes come off the field and saying that, that they gave 110%, whatever that means. But what percentage of ourselves are we willing to give to the Lord? It's a question to dwell on for Lent. In a few weeks, we are going to have a very wonderful opportunity here to experience a, a, a gentleman who was born Catholic, didn't feel like he was getting enough out of it, left the church, became an evangelical minister, and of course, you know, they know the Bible. But as he came to know the Bible more and more, he began to realize that the truth only resides in this Catholic church of ours. And so he came home. 
but he has felt a call from God to help us as Catholics understand the Word of God. And so Jeff Cavins is going to be here on March 15th and 16th. We'll hear a little bit of a word about that after Mass. There's something called a Bible timeline that's in the pews that we invite you to take home. And to be here on those days to delve more deeply into this sacred word of God and in doing so to deepen our relationship with the God who calls us always, always to be with him.